With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Phoenix FM Film Reviews. It's Phoenix FM Film Reviews with me, Stuart Pink, and director of the most romantic film never made. Do you want me last Rolo? It's Mark Searby. <laughs> Such a beautiful concept, Mark. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. It's not a film I would make. No. If I'm meeting Rolos, I'm meeting Rolos. I'm sorry. Don't care who you are. (laughs) (laughs) You you can have like the second to last one, but you know, there's something something rather delightful about finishing your own packet of Rolos than actually giving it to somebody else. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. The things you it, don't do for love, eh? Yeah. It's all right. The other half doesn't listen to this show anyway, so it's oh. fine. You're <laughs> too busy in your Rolos. Oh, no. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. You see, you're bringing, bringing romance into it. You know? oh, well, so, yes. Obviously, because, you know, it's it's Valentine's Day next weekend. Um, and the question always arises of what is the most romantic film ever made? Yeah. And there are so many answers to that. Like, you know, I could give you my answer, but you would go, oh, I think it's this. Or it's going to be a zombie film, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, to be honest, one of the most romantic movies is actually Hot Fuzz because that's a bromance. Oh, yeah, it is, actually. Uh, and, yeah. and it was released on Valentine's Day as well. Was it? Oh, brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. So, you know, Hot Fuzz is <laughs> certainly, certainly in the top five. Um, but it's such an interesting idea of what is the most romantic film not rom-com, romantic. Genuinely so, you know, romantic, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, the odd bit of comedy here and there, but I'm talking about mainly romance. It's such an interesting idea, such an interesting uh, thought process as well, because when you think about it, there aren't that many, certainly anymore, straight, ro- as in, you know, straight down the line, romance movies. Now it's rom-com or it's, you know, horror uh rom-com type things you know it's, it's no longer yeah, just a, a, a it's a romance genre of it there's usually a, yeah. an added bit exactly so <laughs> so we, we don't get it that much anymore um but i think when we do they do stand out quite a bit actually you know um yeah, as long yeah. as they get it right if you've got a couple of picks for us oh uh, well if we're complete novice to this we've never seen a film yeah, in our yeah. life <laughs> <laughs> well i mean for me it's it's not one or two movies. It's actually a trilogy, oh, to right. be honest. I, I think Die the hard. most romantic films, except Hot Fuzz, obviously, um, is the Before trilogy. So Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight, uh, Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy, directed by Richard Linklater. I, I think they are okay. probably the most romantic and realistic movies about romance I've ever seen. And they, they, they were filmed years apart as well so you see ethan hawk and julie delpy i mean the first one was made in the 90s um they're, they're very fresh faced very young and then the next one was made several years later um and and they've, they've changed and then the, the next one before midnight was made about five or six years ago so obviously they're now in their 50s and they're married with children and they're on holiday together so you know ultimately it is watching two people fall in love become yeah. married and uh, have children, but have everything that goes with it as well. It it is uh, to me, it's one of the all time great trilogies of anything. Nice. Anyway, and in terms of romance movies, I I I think it is probably for for me. I think it's probably the pinnacle. And if you get a box set, then you can split it up, and mm. then 
you've got a Valentine's Day gift for the next three years. Yeah, well, the thing is, the first movie is 90 minutes, the second movie is about 70 minutes, and the third movie is about 110 minutes. So they're not long films oh, at all. They don't all need of them to be. In the space of a Lord of the Rings film. The, some cinemas do back-to-back screenings of all three. Oh, blimey. Don't want to be in the back row for that one. I don't know if I can handle that because they are quite quite emotional movies. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, a good so suggestion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're snuggling up to somebody, what's the what's the? Uh, well, I'd, I'd go for one of three options: uh, mm-hmm. Titanic, which is right. It gets the tears flooding, you know. Ghost, that's very romantic. Oh, as well. good choice. Um, or thirdly, uh, Team America. That's a. <laughs> Lovely love story. <laughs> Gets a bit raunchy in the middle, to be fair. But <laughs> that's a good choice, actually. I like that. Maybe, maybe when we get together, we can have a double bill of Hot Fuzz and Team America. Yeah, two two very romantic <laughs> movies. I'm up for that. <laughs> um, anyway, talk, talking of romantic movies, we do have one this week. We've got Ooh. one. Yes, um, we've okay. got a. Good, uh, good, good. It's a rom com, obviously. But I think before we get to that, we should probably talk about the big film that's in cinemas this week because this is a film that has been nominated for quite a lot of awards and yet has failed to win anything. Oh. I think. I mean, I think it might have won a couple of awards for its soundtrack, but it's failed to win anything considering the cast here. Yeah, it's, so it's huge. It's, it's a big cast. We'll come to it in a moment. But the, the film I'm talking about is Women Talking, and it's set in 2010, where a women, uh, a group of women of an isolated religious community grapple with reconciling their reality with their faith. Now, okay. it's, it's interesting to note with this film that it's adapted from the book by Miriam Toes, because having seen it, I thought it would have been a stage play more than anything else. That's what it feels like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it is ultimately, well, for most of it, the scenes take place in a barn, a large barn. Um, so it, I, I guess it's almost like a chamber piece. You know, there's not much movement outside this barn, really. Even some um, of the screenshots I'm seeing here on the on the IMDb site, there's... um. They sort of laid them out as if a very artistic kind of shot of what looks like a stage, where they all all the characters are lined up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Clearly, it's all done on a soundstage rather than actually in a barn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of it takes place in this barn. And the thing is, you know, you go, oh, it's, it's mainly in a barn, and oh, I'm not too sure about it. it minimal locations, etc. The truth about the film is that it is an utterly riveting piece of work. The, this collective of women have to put down in writing, even though most of them can't write, their reasons for staying in the community, leaving, or standing up and fighting back against their own men. Right. Wow. Because something has happened in the community with one of the men, basically. Okay. So these women who have had very little independent thoughts and are ruled by the men in the community for absolutely everything. And then obviously this shocking event changes everything. Suddenly they find their voices and their ability to make their own decisions. Every single time they put forth a question to the others, I was fascinated by what the responses would be from those in that bond because they all had different ideas and different theories and different suggestions. You know, not one woman was on the same page as another except all they knew 
was that they have to do something. So while that answer from somebody was different to the previous person, all they knew was we've got to do something. We can't stay as we are. Yeah, but they all had different opinions and different... That's the thing. They all come with different opinions because they're all of different ages as well. So oh, right. yeah. it's it's one of those movies where you're going, wow, this you know, it's almost like a, a a battle of wills to a certain degree, but they all know change has to happen. And they're playing I will out say that this. every person in the audience will have someone they identify with. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There was there was two characters in this movie where I was like, I like what they're saying. I'm, yeah. I'm sort of latching onto them too more than the others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I will say this. It's a very quiet film. There is very little action or raised voices. Instead, it's all about the dialogue and the gestures that these women make. And I have to say, and this is obviously where we come to the cast. Wow. What a cast. I mean, you know, so... You could, if you can read the list out there, just just read the list of the people who you've got there. Uh, so we've got Rooney Mara, we've got Claire Foy, uh, Jesse Buckley, uh, Ben Wishaw's in it, Francis McDormand's in it. Uh, it just goes on. I mean, there's loads of recognisable mm. faces, even if you don't know the names. Yeah, that that's the thing. That's the thing. It really is a heavy hitter of, of, of top draw female actors. Um, I mean, standouts for me, Jesse Buckley, again. You know, I mean, this woman is... Just phenomenal, really. Yeah. Uh, Claire Foy is brilliant here. Judith Ivy as well, I thought was great. Um, you'd mentioned Ben Wishaw in there. Now he's one of the few male characters in the movie. I would say there's probably five in this film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I and it's a small role for him. I've got to be honest, and it kind of the way that he portrays it. It's almost like he is a secondary character, which is interesting, but he is there also to help. And I'm not going to lie, there's one scene he has with Claire Foy in it that really choked me up about it. I was close to tears because of what is said. Yeah, just, you know, just the delicacy of what Ben Wishaw is saying to Claire Foy and what she's replying back. Um, It's Basically, it's a movie where every single action or reaction has a consequence, and those consequences are ultimately what make these women start to question their own choices in life. And all of those actions, I say actions, we're not talking about running and jumping and stuff like that. I'm talking about things that they say or do are all coming from different areas. Got to figure it out. What's the best for them? That's interesting. Mm. I, I will say this. I don't think I'm the target demographic for this film. I don't. Okay, yeah, no. I, I really don't at all. But never mind, because I I thought I was so impressed with this movie. It's a fascinating story, very well told. It's elevated even more by, I mean, an absolutely incredible cast, let's be honest. I don't think it really matters whether you're male or female. This movie is about empowerment and how moving that can be. You know, how suddenly you find a voice, you find your own voice after all these years. And that's, that's great. You know, that's, that's yeah. what we need stuff like this. I, I think this is a really impressive piece of filmmaking. I've got to be honest. Brilliant. So as you say, you're not necessarily the target audience, but as a guy, you could go and see this and still feel it kind of opened your eyes to something or. Yes. Connected yeah. With. It's yeah. You bring up a very good point. And I think, yes, absolutely. Um, just, just from the, as I said, the dialogue's brilliant. The acting's brilliant. The directing is very 
It's very calm. It just allows the scenes to play out. Yeah. You know, they'll, be, nice. they'll spend 20 minutes in the barn and the camera will just be rolling around the, the people, uh, the, the females who are in there. And you go, I could, you know, I could continue to listen to these for the next hour. That must because have been of amazing to be in that barn. Yeah, all exactly. Those actresses just like well, that's the thing. Watching scenes. them all work, yeah, incredible. Yeah, I'm just really impressed with this. Really impressed with it. Awesome. So this is based on a true story from the, a book that's based. On it is story. yes, absolutely yes. Uh, so it's based on a true story that was then made obviously into a book. As I said, I was kind of surprised it was a book. I felt it was more like a stage play. I imagine we might get a stage play at some point. If we do, then yeah. fantastic. Um, it's certainly a really interesting story. Brilliant. So we've been talking um, cinemas. Uh, in cinemas now. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Or you could rent out a barn and watch it in there for them. You could screen it in there Authentic if you wanted, experience. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, what else you got for us, Mark? Romance time. Oh, here we Romance. go. Here, here we go. We this go. is it. This is it. And and funnily enough, uh, it's a romance. Um, well, it's a, it's a gay romance. It's a gay rom-com, basically. It's a film called Bros. Bros. However, it's spelt B-R-O-S. So for us in the UK, we're going to go, that's Bros. Yeah, I was, um, I was thinking it was going to have Matt Goss in it, I must admit. But, um. It doesn't. Yeah, we need <laughs> no, to get oh, this right, out of okay. the way. It's nothing to do with the band. It's nothing. Uh, Matt Goss is not in it. Luke Goss is not in it. Okay, they're not in it. So They're not going to be the, famous just yet. Um, it's, no, it's not quite. Not um, so it's the story um, of two men with commitment problems who attempt to come together for a relationship, basically. And... It's it basically this is the stars Billy Eichner, the comedian, uh, the American comedian, who I think is a very funny guy. I've got to be honest. Um, I know some people don't like his passive aggressive comedy style, but I think in small doses, it's very funny. And I think it works when he's bouncing off more passive actors. I say yeah. this because this film starts out at a mile a minute and Billy Eichner's Bobby, he's he's the main central character, is very aggressive in his takedowns of, of gay love and romance and even sex. So for the first 30 minutes, it's so it's so relentless. It's so in your face that I, I genuinely sat there and thought, I I hope this calms down because this is too much. Yeah, too heavy going. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, thankfully, Billy Eichner... And the film relaxes into the it much better. I mean, Eichner certainly relaxes into the role much more. And when he does find, when his character does find romance blossoming with the very muscly, he's a very muscly guy, um, Aaron, then it becomes a more easygoing film. It's very, you know, it's. It, I think it's almost a sort of anti-straight rom-com, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. And this talks very, you know, the film talks very openly about how gay romance is different and how it's tricky and all the issues that come with it. And there are some very eye-opening speeches in this film. And I think it's pleasing to see these being said in a, let's be honest here, what is a big budget Hollywood comedy? Because we've not had those in the past. And Billy Eichner has said that, yeah, Billy Eichner has said that this is the first mainstream LGBTQ plus only cast in a big budget Hollywood comedy. And that's brilliant because wow. yeah. 
you know, we keep saying this, we need more representation in movies and it needs to be the right representation. And if that means representation in big budget Hollywood movies is done right, then fantastic. And that's what we get here. Yeah. Long time coming, that kind of thing. isn't it? Well, yes, exactly. Um, the thing is, though, as much as I'm like, yeah, yeah, Billy Arnett is great. And what they're saying, yeah, that's interesting. And I'm, I'm invested in in the talk of that because, you know, this is an area I'm not familiar with. I will say this. The film, unfortunately, does follow the same beats as any standard rom-com we've seen through the decades. You know, it is ultimately that they get together, then they fall out. And are they going to get together again by the end of the film type stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I thought I got that vibe from the trailer. It's yeah. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just for all of the hype around the sexual identity of this film, it does feel a little bit like a letdown when it succumbs to standard tropes that we see all the time. You know, I wanted it to be as bold and as brash as Bridesmaids, but for uh, for the gay community. Yeah. That's what I was hoping it would be. And it starts out like that. Guys, mates. That would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I would watch that movie all the time, to be honest. And it starts out like that, but then it shifts down the gears a little bit. And I was disappointed with that a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying that it's still, you know, it's not worth watching. There's some entertaining bits in it. And I will say this, it's very funny throughout. Oh, the trailer laugh. does look hilarious. Yeah, I say. did laugh a lot. I mean, I really enjoyed the acting between Billy Eichner and uh, Luke McFarlane. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, they're Bobby and Aaron who are trying to get together and then they get together and whatever else. I thought them two complemented each other really well. I've got to be honest. And if truth be told, I thought Luke McFarlane, who plays Aaron, came out of it with a better performance yeah nice yeah i did i really did i thought i thought his was good i mean listen I, as i said i like billy eichner i think he's a funny guy um you know what you're getting but when you when you get somebody who is the complete opposite character sometimes that works in the favor of that other person who's acting so i was impressed with that you know look it's an entertaining rom-com it kind of does what you expect it to do to be honest with you yeah I was going to say, do you think maybe they kind of didn't go for too much of a brave kind of um, experimental sort of story because they wanted to, as this is the first film with LGBTQ plus uh, cast, it would be nice for it to appeal to everyone across the board (sighs) and maybe not take too many risks in the storytelling so that it's a success. Yeah, you bring up a good question and I don't really know the answer for that, to be honest with you. You know, are you saying have they watered it down compared to if this was an independent movie? Um, I don't know the answer. I, I mean, maybe, I, who knows? But, you know, there are plenty of independent LGBTQ plus movies out there that are much more um, open and honest in relationships for, you know, same-sex couples or, you know, couples of, of different uh, sexual identities. Whether this gets it right, I don't know. I think we should just be applauding the fact that we have the first big budget Hollywood comedy that is that has an LGBTQ plus only cast. And as we said, uh, representation matters. So this has to be applauded for that. And also it's quite funny. As you say, yeah, I think whatever your position, it's actually, it looks hilarious in the trailer. I'll watch it. Yeah. Looks like fun. That's the thing. You come to it and you go, okay, well, I know what it's about, but is it funny? And I go, yeah, it's funny. It really is. Nice. So where is this out? So this is on DVD and Blu-ray now. Uh, it's also on um, digital download as well. You know, uh, 
paid video on demand as well. So you can pay to stream it as well, I believe. Brilliant. There we go. Once Valentine's Day, sorted. Indeed. If you can't get hold of Team America or Hot Fuss. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Excellent. What you got for us on the podcast, Mark? A bit more romance, if you fancy a bit more romance. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's have double whammy. Okay. So I'm going to give you a a romance movie that um, (laughs) is a bit different than I think (laughs) most would be expecting. So this is a movie called Bones and All. It's about Maureen, a young woman living on the edge of society who runs away from home. Soon she discovers life is really difficult. That is until she meets Lee, a man who is willing to help her live her own unique life. Oh, he sounds like a nice guy. There you go, you see. Suddenly... What could possibly um, go wrong? (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Well, I think we can give a little spoiler here. I think we can give a little spoiler because it is in the trailer. Um, Maureen and Lee... I keep saying Maureen. It's Maureen. M-A-R-E-N. So apologies if I keep getting wrong. It's Maureen. Uh, Maureen and Lee... Are vampires. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yes. So they do kill people and drink their blood. And yes, in this film, it's quite gruesome at times. And yes, (laughs) it's a little bit like The Lost Boys. However, no, it's not like Twilight. Oh, okay. Right. That's that's the one I went to. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not like Twilight. (laughs) The thing is with this movie is that. (laughs) Are they happier than Twilight? Probably on the same part, oh, okay, to be honest yeah, with you. There's yeah. a lot of moodiness in this yeah, movie. They don't look that a lot of a lot of teenage <laughs> angst, shall we say. And yeah. the thing is though, with this movie, it doesn't really focus on the vampire side of the story. It kind of comes and goes throughout, is almost as if to remind us, hey, don't forget they're vampires. And they they could do anything to anyone at any time. Yeah. But the film's not too concerned with it about it being a vampire film. Instead, it is a coming-of-age romance road trip film. And this film is much more concerned with us having what having us watch Maureen and Lee to a and Lee, yeah, yeah, Lee to a certain degree, I guess, journey through the states of America, trying to find a place to live, but also trying to find themselves. So Maureen is struggling with the realization that she is on her own now you know previously her dad had looked after her and he knew as well that she was a vampire so he was helping her but now it's That's just her. immediately obvious from play school really <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat paper okay sorry there's uh there is um some references in there to uh, to her early years that oh, dad speaks about okay. yes absolutely so now it's just her and she's not really good at everyday life you know, we see, we see a struggle with the basics time and again. And it's a movie that I think shows growing up too quickly, regardless of being a vampire, can have a detrimental impact on your life. Mm. However, when Lee steps into her life, suddenly everything changes and he educates her on the important things in life, not just, you know, as a vampire, but as a human being. And they do class themselves as that in this film. So there's so, no like big collar and uh, slicked back hair. No, uh, there's none of that. And Transylvania There's none accents. of that. No, both of them look like they've stepped out of a, a 90s grunge video. Yeah, they do um, look a bit Nirvana, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's it. I, I, um, <laughs> the romance in it is very pure. I'll say that. It's, it is a delight to watch, and it's really heartbreaking at times as well. You wish them the best. But then the vampire tendencies get in the way and you kind of go, oh, no, I don't. Oh, no. I forgot they were vampires. I forgot so. they were vampires. Oh, no. Um, 
which is an interesting juxtaposition to have. You like them as humans, but you hate them as vampires, yet you also understand the situation they find themselves in. That's not an easy role to play, is it? It's really not. That's the thing. And the more the film moves on, the more the road, the literal road, starts to come between them. So it's it's kind of a story of love found and then slowly slipping away due to outside interference. Mm. Um, Now, I should say this. The film is directed by Luca Guadagnino, um, who previously made Call Me By Your Name. There's a lot of similarities um, between that film and this. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. This, you know, that one took its time. This one takes its time. It isn't a, afraid to let music play a big part Both or the cinematography as well. Timothy um, Chalamet in as well. Timothy Chalamet, who I'm reliably informed is is hot property with um, with uh, certain people who yeah. find him very attractive. He seems to be a, a poster boy. He does. <laughs> he really does. Um, him and uh, the young lady. You'll you'll remind me of a name. I've forgotten her name. Taylor Russell. Thank you. Yes. Um, moving at a slow pace. The dialogue is important, but it's not really a hindrance to what is being played out. It it's do you know part of it veers towards like an art house movie. Yet it stops just short, and we get this like tender romance story at the heart of it. And then on the surface, you have this film that's about vampires. So it's a curiously fascinating piece. And I have to say that I came, I was watching it and I'm thinking I'm more and more invested in this film because I've, I don't think I've seen anything like it before. Original stuff. Excellent. Yeah, kind of. I, I, you know, I came away going, wow, a lot to think about there. A mm. lot to think about. Um, and, you know, it, it was in cinemas last year and it, it sort of, disappear quite quickly i hope it finds its audience now because there is something really interesting about this movie i was quite hooked on it i've got to be honest lovely so this is on on dvd now uh, dvd and blu-ray yeah blu-ray. marvelous oh cool uh, so bones and all it's uh, a love story you can really get your teeth into <laughs> do you know what the thing is right i wrote my <laughs> notes down and i didn't write any puns because i thought uh. i know who's going to do the puns here <laughs> So I didn't write any at all. It's, it's in my blood. So th- thank oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for doing those, honestly. Ah, anytime. You know, you know it'll happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. What you got for us next week, Mark? Uh, so next week, Marvel movie. Uh, we haven't had one in a while. Uh, we've been so, a while. We've had at least yes, a couple of weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have. Uh, so there'll be reviews of Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. Oh, okay. I'll bring my physics degree. You, you might need to. You might need to. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a stop-motion animation movie called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Wow, that's a cool title. Yeah, just you wait until you meet Marcel. Uh, and and his then shoes. on, uh, Well, and his shoes and also the rest of the people. Anyway, we'll talk about that last week, uh, <laughs> next week. And then also we're going to do a rip-roaring action movie called The Woman King. The Woman King. Nice. Oh, that's a big old week, that. It is. Yeah, that's yeah, it is happening. actually. Yeah, yeah. The, the, all three of those are what I would class as blockbusters. Yeah, a blockbuster week. We're going to the quantum realm with a queen in shoes. <laughs> well, well, sort of, I guess. Yeah, um, it, it, it's slightly more different than that. But uh, sure, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Film reviews and movie news. 
with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby.